Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 307 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio where you will also find a link to Moon Felt Malas because in case you missed the memo I'm doing a giveaway with Moon Felt Malas and uh, I will I will I will read to you from Moonfelt Mala's About page, what they're all about. But if you saw the picture that goes with this episode, uh, it's a new picture with, with the Moonfelt Mala's in it because they're so cute and so practical. I've meditated with them a few times. They're prayer beads, uh, felted wool prayer beads. And as, as adorable and awesome and cool as they look, they're also super practical. I really love them. So uh, I'm promoting all the magical things today because the picture on Facebook and my blog and on Twitter to, to promote this episode also has my copy of Children of Blood and Bone. I wanted you to see both. But uh, if you haven't shared the last Saturn's Day evening post that started the giveaway, you can share this one and that's just fine. Just let me know that you shared it so I can add you to the contest. Um, Otherwise, I will have no idea. I will have no idea. And I want everybody to be included. I said I would give it at least a week and a half and it's probably going to end up to to be about two weeks because I think I'll announce the winner on the next Saturn's Day evening post, giving you an entire week to get it together. Share this on social media and if you want to just buy a pair of these, you can use use the link on my blog or on this episode for Blog Talk Radio and the discount code HIPPYWITCH10, no spaces, just HIPPYWITCH10, and you will get $10 off, which I think is super duper rad. Uh, and I also... This is just going to be a very disjointed episode because I have a lot of things to talk about that have nothing to do with each other at all. (laughs) Uh, I just got home from Target, which is a big deal going to Target in my neighborhood on a Saturday. Like parking is insane. And my goal is always we have a a three-story parking garage to park in to get to Target. And uh, you don't ever want to go into this parking garage during the holidays or on a Saturday. It's bad, 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 bad news. And people, there's this thing where people want to be at the front, right? Like as close to Target as possible. I am the opposite. I try to park as far away as possible so I can get in and out in my car. Because if you venture in, you can get stuck for a very, 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 very long time waiting for one person, you know, to inch out of their parking spot. A whole line of cars can build up behind them 
And because it's really, really busy, it's it's part of a mall. It's not too often that there's an open parking spot because everybody tries to park at the front. So you could you could be stuck there all weekend. God knows. <laughs> so <laughs> I went. I was like, please, 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 doing all my magic, using my magical mudra that I talk about sometimes to get a good parking spot. And I got one, and people wanted to fight me. They wanted to fight me. I pulled into the parking lot, and there was a spot like right right where I want my spot to be, right at the, right when you enter, but far away from Target. And I had one person in a giant SUV, I'm in a little tiny VW bug, try to edge me out of the way. And I was like, hell no, like laying on my horn. And then another person tried to zip in front of me as I'm waiting for this lady to pull out of this prime barking spot. And I'm such a mom. I'm sitting there yelling at these people like, People, people, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a parking lot. It's just a parking lot. Let's all just calm down, everybody. Calm down. <laughs> but really, it is a big deal. It's a it's a battle. It's a fight for your life because, like I said, you could lose a whole weekend to that parking lot. It's that crazy. So people act nuts. They act crazy. And then... I got, I had to go for, for like, I buy groceries there, but not the kind you eat. So what toilet paper, cat litter, cat food, stuff like that. And these drinks that my son is obsessed with, the LaCroix, he's not allowed to have soda. So he gets to have that seltzer water (laughs) and he loves it. It comes in a bunch of different flavors. So I did all that, had my little adulting badge on feeling like an awesome adulter and I was like you know what I should do when I get home I should change the cat litter which is another huge ordeal the changing of the cat litter so because it's heavy and it's awkward and I have four cats and I keep the litter box in this closet in the laundry room but I did it I ripped it off like a band-aid and I did (laughs) did it and I've had this in my head ever since I've been singing to myself we are adulting my friends and we'll keep adulting till the end we are adulting we are adulting and I'm having this whole adulting moment and then I'm like let's see what's going on on Twitter and then I see children adulting and my whole mood just goes because I'm just having this great day uh, out and about in the city. I did not participate in the in the march that's going on all around the world, actually. It's really beautiful. And I had checked in uh, with it this morning to see what was going on, and it was really inspiring. But when I got back from Target, there are 11-year-old children giving these amazing, powerful speeches about gun control, basically. And uh, I feel I'm not, I, I feel gun control is essential, but I'm not like super hardcore on on how that should be accomplished. Um, I feel like we all care and we all want to protect our kids, but these kids have some ideas and I think that we should just listen to what they have to say and uh, start looking for solutions. Like there's not going to be 
there's not going to be a perfect solution because some people are screwed up and they do screwed up things. Uh, but I think there's plenty that we can do to try to prevent like these mass shootings that are happening. And these kids have some awesome ideas. Like it's, it, it kind of breaks my heart that they need to be thinking about this right now. I live right across the street from a junior high school and I've heard them now a couple of times doing drills, active shooter drills. Is that, I mean, is it just so awful that junior high kids need to be thinking about this and preparing for this and planning for this? It's it, That traumatizes you on some level too. It can make you really, really um, paranoid and nervous. And, you know, they're... When I was in junior high, we weren't thinking about those things. We were thinking about boys and what brand names to put on our butts. We weren't, we weren't worrying about active shooters. So it's just sad that this is happening and, uh, and that kids are growing up so fast in one way because of the internet, I think, is introducing them to a lot of things that we were not introduced to as kids, but also this violence, this gun violence thing is getting way out of hand, probably because of uh, copycats and people like people. I think this is a mental health issue. I strongly believe it is a mental health issue, but does but that doesn't mean that we don't need gun reform. I think the two need to go hand in hand and we need to address the mental health issues happening right now in our society. That 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 to me is the heart of the issue, but I am not at all interested in getting political here or, or having a political opinion because I, I don't know what the solution is, but I do know that we have to try and we, I believe we should be experimenting with new ideas and implementing legislation that is appropriate to our time. We live in a very unique time and that that should be part of the conversation. You know, the, the Second Amendment was written a long time ago, and people will argue about the very first words of the Second Amendment, uh, but I think they're worth considering it to, to consider what it means to have a well-regulated militia. So the Second Amendment the Second Amendment reads that a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And I think we could re-examine what well-regulated means for our time. And instead of just having it be like a black and white issue, good and bad, they're, they're coming to take our guns. Nobody's coming to take your guns. Nobody's coming to take law abiding citizens who don't have, you know, a history of violence or, uh, some kind of mental health issue that would make you a threat to society. Nobody's trying to take your guns. We're talking about just regulation, right? And so I think it's, we should listen. Let's just listen. People are marching in the streets and these children have plenty to say. Uh, Sam Fuentes is, is a girl who was shot and injured during the Marjorie Stone Mason Douglas. I call it a massacre, but I don't know. Maybe you don't like that word. I like it because it's a, shocking word that of of violence and that's what it seemed like to me um, but she was giving a really great speech and then you know to thousands of people and on on 
you know, millions, if you consider all the people that are watching on TV and online. And she got so emotional, she got sick on stage. And then she just carried on with her speech like a total boss. It was it was really impressive, you know, and she she was one of the kids that was shot and really injured. And then you have David Hogg and Emma Gonzalez, who've become like full on activists for the cause. And they have very strong personal beliefs about what this legislation should look like. Again, I don't. I'm just like, let's can we just talk about it and look at it and think about it and make some compromises and experiment and 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 try. Can we at least just try? Um, but there's this one, this is the whole reason that I brought this up. There's this one girl, Naomi Wadler. I hope I'm saying her name right. She's 11 years old and showing up for the black and brown girls who are killed all the time without so much as a mention on the evening news, like their lives don't matter, but their lives certainly matter to their friends and family. And, and now today, because of, of people like Naomi, they matter to us all because these, these kids aren't going away. They're, they're in our faces now and they literally are the future of the world. As Naomi was saying in her speech, she's like, I feel like she said something like, in six years, we're going to be able to vote, you know, and you should keep that in mind. But uh, she said something about my friends and I might still be 11 years old and we might still be in, in elementary school, but we know, we know. And uh, there's this great quote um, from her speech that I I definitely wanted to read word for word because I didn't want to screw it up. She said, I am here today to acknowledge and represent the African-American girls whose stories don't make the front page of every national newspaper, whose stories don't lead on the evening news. And she was so eloquent and articulate and confident and had there was like strength in her conviction. Like you just felt it. I was like, man, she's 11, 11 years old. It was so crazy. So here I am congratulating myself for changing the cat litter and surviving the Target parking lot. And then there's this 11-year-old girl like literally changing the world and doing it like a total boss lady on national television. I was just so blown away by that. And um, and then I think just her speech being a young black girl, not even a young woman, a girl, a child in elementary school is so right on, right on, right on, like culturally right now, like we are experiencing this crazy, massive shift just in pop culture, right? Like it uh, and it makes me think about how pop culture is vital and important because we have all of these people of all different ethnicities and genders going to the movies to see Black Panther, going to the movies to see uh, A Wrinkle in Time, reading books like Children of Blood and Bone. Um, one, what is this new one? Poet X something. Oh, dear. Mm. I think it's Poet X. There's another book that I'm really interested in reading that the author of Children in Blood and Bone was recommending. Like, if if you have a book hangover and you want more, like, check out this book, right? But, but my point is, it's like, now young 
black people have a voice, right? And it's not just black people. It's it's Mexican people, too. Like, I grew up in California where Mexican people were definitely second-class citizens. They were treated that way, you know, in my neighborhood and in even in my own family in a way that I am not proud of, that, I, that really always bothered me. Like, they were the gardeners. They were the people working out in the fields, doing all the labor work that the white people didn't want to do. And really not recognized uh, as leaders and artists and all the different things that anybody can be, right? So when Coco came out and won a bunch of awards and, and was at the Oscars, I just thought, woo, that is part of this too. That is part of this too. It's so cool that that we can all be inspired by this, all of us together. You know, I'm a white woman and I'm sitting there rocking out on the fact that it was an entirely Latino cast and crew that made Coco a big deal, right? And, um, or, oh gosh, who? I, I should write things down more often, but I, somebody was saying, like, if you worry about not being able to see yourself in a black superhero, it's like, trust me, it can be done. I'm, a, I'm black and I've been doing it my entire life watching white superhero movies. And it's so true because we're all human. These are just human. These are just human stories. And that's one of the beautiful things, again, I think that the millennial generation is doing. They're like bringing us together in our humanity in these really interesting ways that are challenging for some people. For some people, they're challenging. For some people, they're like, finally, finally, finally it's happening. Um, I know the movie Simon, Love, Simon is a movie about a young gay teenager and I saw some disappointment online that it didn't do well at the box office and why aren't people coming out to represent and I think it's important too to let there be bombs you know like let their comparing a wrinkle in time to Black Panther and and like which one's gonna top the box office like they both can be there right and and we can have movies put out by an entirely Mexican cast and crew or or a movie directed by a black woman starring a young black teenager and they can fail and they still need because movies fail <laughs> books fail they don't they don't find their right time place in time or they're just not that good like you have to be allowed to suck too you have to be allowed to fail too and still have a place at the table so um yeah, I, that stuff really interests me. I'm, I'm, I'm super, super into it. And uh, I should, hmm, there, like I said, this is going to be kind of all over the place because I have a lot of different ideas in my head. It's early. It's 3, 3.14 p.m. Because I just want to enjoy the rest of my Saturn's day. This is, I never told you, this is Saturn's Day evening post number 13. <laughs> Yay. Lucky 13. I hope you've gathered that this is a Saturn's Day evening post just by the rambling nature of it. <laughs> uh, but um, I just want to enjoy the rest of my Saturn's Day and not lift a finger and just chill and hopefully finish Children of Blood and Bone so let me tell you what I was going to tell you about these moon felt mala beads that um, I'm very happy that you guys are sharing these on social media and letting me know I'm adding I'm adding to the contest. I'm putting your names in the contest. So I will read that to you. But I also included in the picture here uh, the children 
Children of Blood and Bone, because I'm hoping you all will read this book. And I will, I'm going to read a little excerpt of that to you also. But first, I'll tell you about Moonfelt Malos. Um, this book needs no help from me, none. It's at the top of the New York Times bestseller list because the way the publishing world works right now is uh, this this book was by a, a young woman of color. She got this book deal in a bidding war that awarded her, I believe, a seven-figure deal. When, an, when a publishing house spends that much money on you, they're going to get their money back. They're, they're going to make a huge deal about it. So it's everywhere. It doesn't need a plug for me. I just want to share it with you guys because I think you'll really, really, really love it. But before I do that, I have to tell you, um, just to repeat about Moonfelt Malas, I just want to read you this blurb on her on her website, and I hope you will go like click on if you're on Blog Talk Radio, click on the link. You might have to cut and paste it. It doesn't always turn into a link, and I have no idea why. I truly don't. <laughs> but on my website, there will be a link to Moon Felt Malas. Go and look at all of the different prayer beads that she's selling. These felted wool prayer beads. They're Gorgeous. There's so many different colors and you can enter the contest if you live in the continental U.S. because I did not want to stick Allison, the the kick-ass creatrix behind Moonfelt Malas. I did not want to stick her with crazy shipping fees. So be mad at me if you're going to be mad about that. Not at her. It was my, my decision uh, to do that. But she's going to let you pick anyone you want from her shop. And there's so many. I couldn't choose. Like she let me pick one because I wanted to get my hands on them. I'm like, I really need to touch them before I can recommend these, even though they look amazing in the photos. I just wanted to make sure that they didn't fall apart. And I wanted to look at the packaging and stuff. And she's like, well, pick what you want, which ones you want. And I couldn't. I had to give her like a little list of the ones I liked best. And she sent me, <laughs> she sent me the Phoebe. Oh, Oh, dropping my computer. That's not good. Holy smokes. Are we still recording? Let me check on this. Oh, that would be so bad. No, we're still recording. Okay, I dropped you. Sorry. Sorry I dropped you on your head. I hope you're okay, everybody. <laughs> um, so uh, she sent me the Phoebe, and it's adorable, and that's the one you can see in the picture. But um, rambly, rambly, rambly. Oh, see, dropping my computer. Now I lost the little thing I was going to read to you. Where is it? Here it is. Okay. So this is on the About page for Moonfelt Malas. Moonfelt Malas are oversized felted wool prayer beads made especially for an immersive meditation experience. Their addictive textural qualities make them the ideal companion for mantra work. These malas evoke the orbital energy of planetary moons. Each one is named after a moon that exists in our solar system. A mala is a devotional object to keep close in your daily practice, just as a moon is a constant companion to its planet. Each moonfelt mala is made with positive energy and good intentions. Hand-strung in the United States, they are made completely of natural fibers, fair trade felt beads, cotton string, and cotton tassels. Packaging is plastic-free, and each mala comes with an organic cotton bag for storage. They're so cute. I truly, I keep saying this, and I mean it. These would be the most amazing 
present, birthday present, Easter present, Christmas present, anniversary present, present present, just because present for anybody who really loves magic or yoga or meditation, not just because the actual malas, the actual prayer beads are just mind-blowingly unique and adorable and cool and totally practical, but also because the way they come packaged. It's just beautiful. It's just fun opening a package like that. So if you want to buy them for somebody or gift them to yourself, again, make sure you use the link and the discount code HIPPYWITCH10 so you get that the $10 off. Um, and then shipping's free which is, you know, like shipping adds so much. So uh, you get the $10 off in free shipping, which I think is awesome. The other, the other thing in that picture for this episode uh, is Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adyemi. Please, God, let me be saying her name right. <laughs> Tomi Adyemi. It's speaking of beautiful things. It's one of the prettiest books I've ever seen, and I really love that when you open it, there's like a map, a magical map of this land. And I totally, last week I was saying like, man, I just want her to talk about magic. I just want, to, I just want a whole bunch of pages of magic, 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 because the book really starts as this action adventure, and it's like, hits the ground running and I and I'm still in the midst of Harry Potter land. I'm taking a break between um the sixth and seventh book for for this really nerdy awesome Twitter book club that I'm in. <laughs> uh I raced through the sixth book, which had me in tears. I was crying. Oh my god, I won't tell you why if you haven't read Harry Potter, but I feel like everybody has. But God, the end of the sixth book just breaks my heart. Um, but I rushed through it because I really wanted to read Children of Blood and Bone, and now I'm, I'm moving through Children of Blood and Bone at a snail's pace because I'm writing. I've been writing, and I've been having so much fun writing, so if I'm not working in my business and I have, like, work brain, I'm writing. I'm not reading. So I've just been reading this at night. But right after I was saying to you in, in the last Saturn's Day Evening Post talking about, uh, I just want her to talk about magic. She starts talking about magic and the magical systems. There's or the magical um, groups. I was talking about like, you know, how in Harry Potter you're sorted into the four different houses. Well, there's 10 magical groups, I believe, in Children of Blood and Bone. And like Pottermore, Harry Potter, uh, J.K. Rowling's website, Pottermore, is maybe the the greatest website I've ever seen ever, ever, ever. It's so fun. It's you get to immerse yourself in the, in the world of Harry Potter and you get sorted into your house. I am Slytherin proudly. So I don't really understand why my Patronus is a dolphin because I'm not a dolphin person. So I don't know what's up with that. Maybe I need to swim with the dolphin. I think they're amazing. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I'm more of like a, a woodland creature. I'm a forest person. I'm so not beachy at all. I don't love the beach unless it's cold and I'm wearing a sweater and boots. Then I love it. Um, but I'm not like, I'm just not one of those beachy people. You know, there's like beachy people and there's forest people. I'm a forest people. Um, so <laughs> anyway, uh, on Tomi, is it children of blood and bone? I think it might just be children of blood and bone.com. You can go find out 
what your Magi clan is, what clan you're in. And so this, I I finally understand, okay, this is the comparison to Harry Potter. Because I was like, why are people comparing this to Harry Potter? It's so its own thing. It takes place in Africa, and it's it's just completely different. I've I've never seen anything like it. And so action-packed, like right up from the beginning, you know, just like action, 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 people dying, people running for their lives and just blah. Uh, and then right after she gets into this magical system and magic and and talking about the different magi clans, I, I believe I'm saying that right, M-A-J-I, magi, the magi. And so I went to the website to find out what my Magi clan is. And you it's really fun. It's like one of those online quizzes. You, it, it asks you a bunch of questions. And at the end, it tells you what clan you're in. And mine, I'm going to read you what it says. <laughs> it says, welcome to the lighter clan. You are a lighter, the Magi of light. Vibrant, progress, progressive, and loyal. You have the power to manipulate light and darkness. As a lighter... You are a shining sun in the lives of those around you. I'm taking this very seriously. I believe this is just literally true, okay? I'm a lighter now and a Slytherin. I'm a lighter Slytherin. <laughs> I'm a Slytherlite. Um, though you can be shy and introverted, mm, mm, I don't know about that. Though you can be shy and introverted, your pure heart and steadfast Beliefs inspire others to fight for justice and equality. And then it has this little quick facts thing, and I can't pronounce any of this. I'm not going to try, except for I'll tell you my aura is yellow. But then it tells you the name of your clan and then the name of your goddess. So uh, that is why I wanted to read a little piece to you to seduce you into buying this book for your own damn good, okay? Like I said, this book does not need a plug from little old me on my little old podcast. I'm truly only like being pushy about this for those of you who love magic and fiction. It's a young adult book, but I'm 44 and I I love it. Love it, okay? And I think I've I've been finding out since my mid to late 30s that I really like young adult books. I don't know why. I just do. I like them. Uh, so let me read to you. I posted some of this on Twitter this morning because I was so on fire about it. On fire, I had to share. And I'm, this is me kind of highlighting around. It's not like word for word. I'm leaving out, uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm leaving out a little like she said and he said and, and a paragraph just to give you like a condensed version. But she says, In the beginning, our Sky Mother created the heavens and the earth, bringing life to the vast darkness. On earth, Sky Mother created humans, her children of blood and bone. In the heavens, she gave birth to the gods and goddesses. Each would come to embody a different fragment of her soul. Sky Mother loved all her children, each created in her image. To connect us all, she shared her gifts with the gods. And the first magi were born. Each deity took a part of her soul, a magic they were meant to gift to the humans below. Yamoja took the tears from Sky Mother's eyes and became the goddess of the sea. A stunning, dark-skinned goddess with vibrant blue eyes, 
drops a single tear onto the world. As it lands, it explodes, creating oceans, lakes, and streams. Yemoja brought water to her human siblings, teaching those who worshipped her how to control its life. Her pupils studied their sister deity with unrelenting discipline, gaining mastery over the sea. And then there's different... There's all different clans. There's a, a the burners. I would have liked to be a burner. I think that's cool. And there's winders. I feel like there's 10 of them. I'm looking at the book right now. I believe there's 10 of them. But so are to the magical part. Basically, the book is uh, a bad guy. The king has taken the magic from the kingdom and in a very violent way stolen everybody's magic. And now these young people are are uh, bringing the magic back. Let's just put it like that. That's a good way to end that. <laughs> okay. Yay. And then I have to have a, a, a Twitter moment. I last Twitter owns me. Twitter owns me. I'm a Twitter bot. I don't know. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, I was talking to my dad last night about what I was going to do with my Friday night because my son is in Bakersfield this weekend. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to be alone. I just want to be alone. I, I just don't want to do anything. I'm going to sit in my chair with all my papers around me and work on my book and eat snacks and just be alone. And I did that for a long time. And then I went on Twitter and Jack White was performing live. If you haven't heard me say a million times, Jack White is my rock god. He is my rock god. He is my rock god. I have so many albums, repeats. I have like the originals and then the reproductions and then the different, um, the 45s and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of vinyl from third man records. I have a poster of Jack and a poster of Meg in my living room. I had a poster in my office that got taken down during the whole, uh, redoing the office thing. And it, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that one, but I love Jack White. The reason my son and I are taking our birthday trip to Nashville, Tennessee this year is because Third Man Records is in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> so uh, I am a nut. I and uh, I love Jack White, like just silly levels of, of Jack White loveness. So that's how I ended my Friday. Rocking out to Jack White playing. I mean, I, I'm so flipping excited now about his tour. My friend uh, Amber and I get to go see him. We're going to go to Arroyo Seco. This, um, uh, what has happened to Coachella? It's not cool anymore, but it used to be. And, <laughs> it's, and I think Arroyo Seco is like Los Angeles answer to that, like what Coachella used to be, but here in Los Angeles. And so I get to see Jack and my dad is so sweet. He's like, your guy, what's his name? Your guy is coming to Bakersfield. If I'll buy you tickets for you and someone else to go because um, I know how much you love him. His name is Jack White, right? And I was like, I can't believe you know this about me. He's like, I'm paying attention. I know. <laughs> um, but I didn't take him up on the offer because I I, am, I had already gotten the tickets for Royal Seco and I wanted to spare my dad the money. But I had the best fucking time last night with several thousand strangers on Twitter. <laughs> People 
it, people were commenting on the irony that so many of us were watching on phones. I happened to be watching on my laptop. I on two laptops. I had one set. It was a two, like two and a half hour live concert on Twitter. I had one in my kitchen and one in my bedroom, and I was going back and forth and dancing around my house, and then also checking the Twitter feed because um, it's really fun to live tweet when something like that is going on and, and bonding with my other Jack White lovers and. Um, People were commenting on the irony that so many people were watching on their phones when phones are literally banned from this tour. <laughs> and when he first banned uh, phones from his tour, so people wouldn't, so people would actually watch the show. He wants them to watch the show instead of like holding up their phone and filming the whole thing to put on the internet. Uh, there, I can't remember the lengths they're going to. Like, you can, I think, lock your phone in a in a locker or something if you bring it with you. I don't remember. But people were commenting that people clearly who don't know Jack White were commenting like, oh, how greedy, you know. He just wants to be able to sell more stuff, you know, like the... Um, the recording of the concert. Now he can sell that or, or he just wants everybody's attention on him. Like what an egomaniac. And I was like, you don't know Jack White. What are you talking about? If you know Jack White, you know, like he's really into old fashioned everything. He brought back vinyl. Like Oprah brought back books with her, with her book club. Like Jack is, he's a lover. He loves music and he loves old timey things. And he wants to create this experience with his fans. And that's why he's doing it. And if you don't get it, you just don't get it. So don't comment on it. Okay. You're not in the tribe, man. And you're exposing yourself as someone who just doesn't get it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a little bit crazy about Jack White. So my day ended on Twitter, and it actually kind of began on Twitter because Fridays is 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 the book club w hashtag ww book club, and the ww stands for Wizarding World. So we all read the assigned chapters for the week, and we meet on Friday morning, and we sit there and we talk about it like the nerds, like the nerds we are. Okay. So I did that. I started my day that way. And then at noon, I wanted to check in with the Camp Nano. <laughs> Nano Rightmo is doing a camp in April. And I wanted to check in because they were doing a live tweeting thing with that. And so I was just a total loser yesterday, spending so much time on Twitter because I didn't want to miss the book club. And then I wanted all the information I was getting for Camp Nano Rightmo. And, uh, and then I Surprise, surprise, Jack White is having a live concert, and I definitely can't mix, miss that. So, Twitter, man, what are you going to do? <laughs> Twitter, I love it so much. And, uh, and today, my friend Kathy, Kathy Schintzel, do you guys know Kathy? She's, she's not a personality in the witchy community. She's just a, um, a community member. <laughs> I don't know. There's no real community, okay? There's just those of us that interact with each other enough to where we learn each other's names and stuff. And Kathy is a really supportive person who supports a lot of a lot of people that I love, and she supports a lot of what I do. But she has a rad Twitter feed. I haven't done the Weekly Witch Review in a while. I actually had a dream about doing the Weekly Witch Review because I've collected so many links now. It's been weeks since I've done it. And if you don't know, the Weekly Witch Review is something I do on my blog 
where I just share like whatever links I think you all might like from that I ran across in that week. But I've been busy writing mainly with my with my extra time and I haven't been doing that. And I kind of feel pressure like I should do another one. I should do another one. But if I if if you feel the need for some of that, Kathy is your girl on Twitter because she has the best Twitter feed. She's always sharing like the most amazing articles and uh, she's the real deal. She's just just a wonderful person, but she's super witchy too. And she finds like just cool little folklore and beautiful stuff. She has one of my favorite, favorite Twitter feeds. And she often retweets almost every day. I want to say this guy, Rob McFarlane, who does the word of the day, these word of the day posts. And I love etymology. I'm such a word nerd. I, how many times can I say nerd in an episode here? I don't know. Clearly identify as a nerd, but um, God, I'm, I need to calm down. I'm going to lose my computer again. It's on a pillow, on a book, on my lap. Okay. <laughs> I'm sitting on the floor and it wants to keep like sliding off to the side. But um, she shared with me today. She tagged me on Twitter because the word of the day is Pawawi. I hope it's Pawawi. It looks like Pawawi. P U H Pa. Oh, Papawi. Papawi, excuse me. P U H P O W E E. Papawi. And because I'm a mushroom fanatic, I think mushrooms are amazing medicinally, nutritionally, psychedelically, in all the ways, just with their own little mushroom selves, the way they communicate with trees and each other, and they're just fascinating creatures. So I talk about mushrooms a lot, and people often send me mushroom stuff because of this. And so she tagged me that the word of the day is papawi. This is what papawi means. This is so perfect for for spring, for the spring equinox, for Easter, Ostara, like this time of year. Papawi is the force that causes mushrooms to push up and appear overnight. Also, rising, emergence, growth. It is from Potawatomi. Gosh, these words I can't pronounce. I think it's Potawatomi, a Native American language of the Algonquin family. And then he linked to where he got this information, which was from moonmagazine.org, moonmagazine.org. And that whole article was on the grammar of animacy. It's an amazing read, the grammar of animacy. Grammar of animacy. I'll include that when I get around to doing the weekly witch review for those of you like, why don't you do better show notes? <sighs> I don't know. I'm allergic to show notes because I like to get in and out really, really fast. These show notes will have a link to Moonfelt Malas, and that's probably going to be it. <laughs> so I will be sure to include this in the next weekly witch review whenever that is. So you can check out this this really neat article on the grammar of animacy and and really is based on um, Native Americans and and their language and how they have words that don't really translate into English. And we have such a limited language. We really do. Um, So we need to adopt words like papawi, papawi. I love saying it. I need a poster that says Papawi, the force that causes mushrooms to push up and appear overnight. Papawi. I love that. And then another Easter themed thing that 
is just making me so happy. <laughs> it is the hashtag explain Easter to an alien. And so I cut and pasted my three favoritest favorite <laughs> favoritest explain Easter to an alien tweets. So this is one of the best things about Twitter. Every single day, there's some hashtag that that trends and it's just about being funny and you realize how funny and clever and smart people are. And uh, today's was explain Easter to an alien. And so <laughs> let me see if I can find this. Uh, Seth from the 716 said, this is my favorite. This made me laugh so hard. I have to focus so I can read it to you without laughing right now. I'm sorry that this is very blasphemous. This is blasphemous. Let me give you the blasphemy warning ahead of time. <laughs> Jesus comes out of his hole. And if he sees his shadow, there will be 6,000 more years until the rapture. I really didn't think I could do that because it made me like giggle snort so hard when I first read it. Jesus comes out of his hole. And if he sees his shadow, there will be 6,000 more years until the rapture. That one made me laugh the hardest. And then there were a lot of funny ones, though. This guy, Justin Tagan, said, It's when we blame the... Oh, no, I need to focus because I don't want to... I get laughing so hard I can't breathe. Okay. <laughs> this is, again, blasphemous, a little controversial, but it made me really, really laugh. Um, it's when we blame the Jews for killing Jesus, who was also a Jew, instead of the Romans, who are now Italians. And the nerd award for explaining Easter to an alien goes to Donde Groovily, who said, Well, Earth's rotation is not lined up with the sun, our nearby star, but instead is tilted at 23 degrees, which results in seasons due to parts of the planet facing the sun and therefore being warmer. The season when we are getting warmer is called spring. <laughs> It's like, you nerd, everybody's joking around. And then that, <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's when we blame the Jews for killing Jesus, who was also a Jew, instead of the Romans, who are now Italians. <laughs> Yay. Oh, my God. I was going to tell you about other things other things. God, I don't know. Now I'm looking at this whole PDF of all the different things I wanted to talk about and I'm losing steam on it because there's so, there's so much. There's so much. God, should I just wrap this up right now? Yeah, I'm gonna, because if I get into all of this, it's just going to keep going on and on and on. This will be a short episode of the Saturn's Day Evening Post, I think. But I think I'm also okay with that because I really, really want to go eat some snacks and take a bath and watch Love on Netflix. Season two of Love is on Netflix and it is cracking me up. I love Love. It is Judd Apatow's show on Netflix and it's really good. I finished The Magicians and I'm going to wait till season three of The Magician shows up on Netflix because I just can't deal with the commercials and the weird way that they like half edit out the swear words. Like I just want to see it commercial free and full swear words intact. <laughs> so I'm like, what can I do in the meantime? So I was 
I'm very happily watching Love. And um, there's uh, my band played at Mr. T's Bowl, which was in the second episode of this season of Love. And I was feeling very cool, like, wow, but dude, we're so cool. We're so cool. Mr. T's Bowl is, is kind of a cool place in L.A. Like, it was very punk rock when we played there. And it was where the punk rock people played. And and they've closed it and opened it and closed it and opened it for actual bowling. But when we played there, there was no bowling. Like, the, the lanes were shut down. But on the show, they were bowling. So if anybody lives in L.A., let me know. Is Mr. T's Bowl open for bowling again? Because I just might have to go bowling at Mr. T's for old time's sake. That would be really fun. That would be really fun. So what am I rambling about? I don't know what I'm going to do when I hang up on you. I'm going to hang up on you right now. I hope you guys are having an awesome weekend. Until we meet again, much love to you. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.